Welcome to another episode of 6 Minute Monday, where I give you 6 tips and tricks to make you more efficient and effective in the weight room, the boardroom, and on a football field. Alright, training tip number 1. If you are struggling to keep your lower back tight, or let's say make sure it doesn't round during an RDL, one great tip is to put a pencil underneath your armpit and lock it in there and make sure it does not fall out while you're executing the movement. Hell, hell you could try it right now. What you're going to notice is as you try and lock that pencil in, what's going to happen is you're naturally going to engage your upper middle back and your lats, and then that is going to prevent your lower back from rounding. Give it a shot. Let me know what you think. Okay, tip number two, something we are experimenting with. So traditionally, people have thought, if I want to be able to execute something like the tough man or a marathon or some college conditioning test for football, well, I should just maybe double or triple the volume, and then I won't be tired, and I'll, I'll, beat, I'll beat the test. That's how I'm going to beat the test. Well, we're starting to really dig deep into this book called The Underground, Underground Secrets to Faster Running. And what Underground Secrets to Faster Running is saying is, no, that's not the key. If you work at these high volumes, it's actually going to make you slower. Or maybe if it does make you faster, you, doesn't, you don't actually meet your optimal ability to move. What they're saying in the book is, is that you need to have maximal strength, explosive strength, and you need to reduce the mass that you are carrying around. So what we're going to work on from our end, tough man, we're talking tough man specific right now. It's about a one minute to two minute event depending on how fast you go. We're not going to make our events longer and try and get in better condition. What I'm going to try to do with these guys is make them absolutely stronger. So we're going to work with really heavy weights on the toys with about a half or maybe a third of the distance that we normally go. So, for example, let's just say we pull the sled normally at 140 pounds for 15 yards. Well, maybe we're going to pull it uh, 240 pounds for 7 yards, right? We're going to just do higher weights at half the distance. Or we're going to do the same distance but with lower weights. Why? Because I want to work on getting delivering those ground reaction forces a lot more quickly. I want to deliver the speed at which I'm driving my feet into the ground, or the speed at which I'm pulling the chain, or the speed at which I'm pushing my hands into the ground. So I want the body to get used to operating near maximal capacity for as, I wouldn't say as long as possible, but as often as possible. So instead of doing, a, I don't know, four reps of 20 yards on a slider, maybe we'll do eight reps of 10 yards. Bang! Get those hands to the ground as fast as humanly possible. And also, if you guys were with me uh, last week, we're taking a little bit longer of a break in between sets. So we can hit each set with with really full capacity, ready to go. We're not. We're trying not to do it fatigued. Okay. Thing number three, the book that I am reading. It's called Rich Dad Poor Dad. So this one's been recommended to me for years. I don't know why I never got around to reading it, but I just started it now, about halfway through. Awesome book. And what the the basic premise of the book is is that this guy who's writing the book, he's rich now, and he's saying that most people are caught in this rat race. They make money, and as soon as they make money, all they do is they go out and they spend even more money. And now when they spend this money, now they have to spend even more money to keep up with the stuff that they already bought. So for example, uh, maybe you buy a new car. Okay, you buy this expensive car, and now you got to pay car insurance. And then they have these fancy tires on it, and your tire gets dinged up, and now you got to pay uh, $400 for this fancy tire. But if you had your old car, maybe it costs $100. So what, what the premise of the book is, this guy has two dads. He's got a rich dad, and he's got a poor dad. The poor dad is, just think about the traditional person. Goes to school, gets a great education, thinks that my life's goal is to get a pretty safe job. You know, put my money in the bank. Don't, don't, don't make any risky investments. Buy a house. That's going to be my best investment. Now, the rich dad says, okay, 
go to school but get an education that you want. Don't go get a textbook education. You got to learn about money, learn how it works. And his key thing is the difference between rich people and poor people is that rich people know the difference between assets and liabilities. Assets are things that you put money into that pay you back. Real estate investments, the stock market. Uh, investment, I'm sorry, liabilities are things that you put your money into that keep eating your money. And one controversial point that he's made and several other people that I know that are fairly wealthy have made in their books is that something like a house, for most people, it's a liability. You buy this house. Now all of a sudden, <laughs> now when the guy breaks it down like you're working for the bank. What? Work for the bank? Yeah, well, you got to pay back that mortgage. So now all you're doing is paying that mortgage off every month, every month. Every month. Oh, and by the way, uh, the roof's leaking. I got to pay for that maintenance. I got to pay for utilities. I'm also paying the government. What do you mean the government? Oh, yeah, I'm paying property tax. So now this thing that you think is an investment, it's actually a liability. Yeah, but my uh, my house value is going to go up in like five years. Yeah, you, maybe you sell that house for more than you bought it for, but what about the next house you're going to buy? You think that value of that, that next house isn't going to go up? Well, maybe you buy a bigger house because you're going to have kids and you got to fit all those kids in that house. Well, guess what? More property tax, more money for the mortgage. It's this vicious cycle that put you in the rat race. Great book. Definitely read it. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Okay, tip number four, the quote that I've been thinking about. Once again, I've gotten this from a Batman comic book. Sorry if you don't like the source, but who cares? But I guess there's some deep thinkers writing this stuff. So in the Batman comic book, the commissioner's all upset. The world's gone to hell. It's not Commissioner Gordon, by the way. I can't remember who it is, but it's a lady. And she says, when did we let our distractions become our focus? I'll say it again. When did we let our distractions become our focus? Now, for every person, that's going to mean something different. But think about it. Imagine something like Instagram. I don't know. Or Madden. Or whatever. Or a game. Unless you're a ninja and you're making millions of dollars playing a game. But things that are just supposed to distract you, maybe get your mind off stuff, and stop you from stressing out over what you're supposed to be focusing on. A lot of times now, it's become your focus. Right? You, you binge watch Netflix for 16 hours on a Saturday. It's supposed to be a one-hour distraction. It shouldn't be the focus of your life. So well done again, Batman. Love you. Okay, tip number five, productivity tip. So <laughs> I, I heard a guy talking about this, and he, he had said that – I'll tell you my story. I'm not even going to tell you his story. It's about doing little things that could eliminate waste. And how many times you are avoiding doing those little things. I'm going to give you a very specific example. So in my garage, I bought this box of uh, you know, construction-type black bags. Not, not the ones that you, like, you have at a party, but like if you're doing construction work, it's black bags. You're doing work around the house, you want to take that bag out of that box. It's a nice spot for it. Well, for whatever stupid reason, when I first got the box, I put it on my shelf backwards. Where you know, if you normally open this thing up, there's a sleeve, and you just pull out the bags easily. And for about a week... Instead of turning the box around, I was just working my way around to the back of this box and pulling out the bags backwards. Now you'd say, man, Coach Mahoney, you're supposed to be Mr. Efficiency. That's pretty stupid. It is pretty stupid. And now me, Mr. Efficiency, was too lazy to turn that box around. So uh, this morning, after listening to that other guy talk, I went and I turned the box around. Maybe it took an extra th 30 seconds, but now it's done and I can easily pull a bag out. The premise of this point is, is how many little things like this exist in your life? How many little stupid things are you putting up with, right? That right now, in your day, how many little stupid things are you putting up with rather than just doing them? So take a little thing and do it every single day, and all those little things are going to add up to a big chunk of time. Find your box. Find that little stupid garbage, garbage bag box. Find one of them a day, and you'll be living a clean life. Okay, tip number six, the strangest thing I saw, obviously not at a gym, it's at a football field. Sorry, Joe Marechko, you knew this one was coming, but... 
we are doing a pool challenge. So our champ did not show up. We have we need to give out the belt to somebody. We do a pool challenge. The pool challenge is a mini, mini tough man with much heavier weights but a much shorter distance. So we're going to do a five-yard slider to a five-yard farmer's walk. The farmer's walk has 20 more pounds than we normally use on test day. We then go to a prowler shuttle that is high handles, low handles, high handles. Again, the prowler shuttle has 20 more pounds than we normally use on test day. And then we finish by running to a bucket. That's it. That's the end of the, that's the, end of the event. So Joe Moretzko goes. He is absolutely killing it. He does his sliders. He does his farmer's walk. He does his high-handle prowler. And then he's supposed to go into a low-handle prowler. And for whatever reason, and he's like the second-to-last guy to go in the event, for whatever reason, he decides that he, uh, he I guess he's too good to, for, to, go, to go with a low-handle or doesn't want to do a low-handle, but he tries to turn the prowler around and go from high-handle back to high-handle again, thus making him uh, completely and totally and epically fail. I think he would have been a real contender to win this thing and get the belt and put him in a driver's seat, seat to go head-to-head with Sarno to uh, take the challenge points for 2020, but I don't know what he was doing. He decided to go rogue, make up his own drill. We had to make him go back, turn the thing around, and he uh, finished off the drill by kicking my Home Depot bucket, which cost me $1.99. That was probably a liability and not an asset. All right, enjoy your Monday. Bye.